Welcome, everyone, to The Journey Up, a program committed to discovering that place where God's absolute truth meets His amazing grace. I'm your host, Scott Bryant, the director of Journey Up Ministries. And I'm your co-host, Kimberly Bryant. Thanks for joining us today on this dangerous but eternally satisfying journey up. We've entitled the message today of this podcast, The Fabulous Foolishness of Family. In 1 Corinthians 1, as we shared previously, verse 27, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. These days, there are many things that are held up in our eyes as wise, yet you will not see our culture ever one time holding up family as wise, as a worthy pursuit of your masculinity or your femininity. If you say, oh, I want to be a dad or I want to be a mom, they're going to look, okay, and they'll say, well, what else do you want to do? There's got to be some other life purpose. And yes, there is for the believer, serving Jesus, glorifying God. And so the question is, so how do we do it? What is the vehicle in which God has given to us to drive our life, to drive toward Him? And so it's really important that we go back to the book of Genesis, where our origins began. And we discover that we didn't just come out of primordial soup as evolutionary uh, monkeys and coming finally into human form. No, we discover that we were created by a loving God who there in the garden just looked at Adam And he saw that Adam was alone, and he was in need of a helper. And so there he took woman from the rib that he'd taken out of man and brought her to the man and said this, and man said, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. And there we read, the man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. I, I want to make sure I read that last verse there because our culture loves nakedness and they love to do it with no shame. Interesting thing is, either one of those are not done in the context of marriage. There is no shame in our culture today in, in, in uh, pursuing an immorality that has been totally taken out of the context of marriage and family. And so our world says, hey, I don't feel it's bad, so it can't be bad. But just because your fingers have lost feeling from touching a hot stove over and over again doesn't mean that you're not creating devastation. If you keep touching that which God says is hot, your heart is going to get burned beyond the point of return. And so today in our, our, our program, we like to look at just the sad reality. We want to acknowledge that our culture has devolved into a time where everything is held up as individuality, a pursuit of one's individual pleasure, and especially making sure that no family is going to hold that back. And so we want to look back and we want to notice and say, nope, God actually placed our individuality in the context of marriage. There he knew that we would have some powerful life lessons that we could only learn there in the context of marriage and family. And I want to make that point that really your family begins the day you get married. You don't begin your family with children. Your family begins as you become husband and wife. And I'm so very grateful to have my, my wife sitting here at the table with me and to know that there is so much that we have learned together in this fabulous context of foolishness 
of family, having been married now almost 24 years. So honey, as we're sitting here, what, what do you feel like, what is so important about family that God would make that the beginning point for all mankind? Well, that's a, that's a great question. Um, as you know, we look at um, our community today and our world, and there's, I mean, it doesn't take long looking at a newspaper or hearing about some of the, the different dynamics that are going on in our world as we're trying to relate to one another. And we're seeing just tremendous division. There's um, attacks, there's murders, there's all kinds of ways in which we cannot get along together as a community. And so if we go back to, as you mentioned there in Genesis, the husband and wife, the beginning of family, and then in Deuteronomy 6, where it, talk, where it talks about as a family, as a, as a mother and father, you're to impress these um, principles, God's principles, what he's done in your life, on your hearts and on, on the children's hearts. Um, and as we walk along the road and as we lie down and as we get up and that that would be the forefront of our family. So today we, you know, we sit at a time when the family is broken, the family's torn apart mm -hmm. and you wonder well, what, what does that, what does that matter? What's so big about the family? Mm -hmm. And honestly, the family is not the saving grace. Family is not what gets you to heaven. Mm -hmm. Family yeah. is not, um, where, you know, you're going to get to heaven and say, well, my daddy believed, and so I'm going to believe. But what we, the family is a God-ordained place, an institution that he created, he designed for the individual to learn more about his principles. Mm -hmm. Going all the way back to Deuteronomy 6, we see that our, as mom and dad, we're, we're training and teaching our children all about God's ways. So in the context of family, we have a little mini community where Lord willing, as we're doing our best and we fail all the time, but it's definitely one of our passions is to learn how to train within our family. You know, how are we going to get along with our siblings? How are we going to obey authority? Mm -hmm. How are we going to uh, um, express our feelings in a healthy way? Mm -hmm. And these are the these are the dynamics that make up a family. They're individuals. It's not uh, individuals. Um, that come together, a place that God designed for um, equipping to be more like Christ so that when we get out into our community, we know how to get along with a coworker that's not um, being kind, or we know how to obey an, a police officer maybe that pulls us over, authority in our life, or maybe even welcoming discipline into our life somewhere that we did not want. We're going to know how to deal with that because we've had that first in our family. Yes. So it's so important that we train and equip um, the, in, the individuals in our family that we appeal to their heart individually, that they would come to know um, the Lord and that, and that they could see him working in our lives and that that would be the vehicle with which we could change the world. And, and honey, as you know, that's um, really our ministry philosophy um, with Journey Up Ministries, which is um, the deep and wide ministry just... Um, it's really been on my heart for a lot of years, and I know yours as well, as we've been in ministry for 24 years, um, and just seeing that we want to minister and care about each and every person and and just walk alongside them as they walk alongside us, yeah. as we become more like Christ in our life, in our mm. community, just like we talked about. Mm. But we also know that 
what happened the first 20 years in that individual's life as mm-hmm. they were in the context of their family, yes. if that was broken, if they were abused, or if that was you know strong and they were equipped, mm-hmm. um, and really whatever that context was, kind of sets the foundation for the rest of their life. Yeah. And as we as we've come alongside and done our best to really encourage and equip everyone, and that's our heart, to really encourage everyone that we can and ourselves um, as, we're, as we have that foundation from our family. Mm-hmm. But even more so is that deep generational mission mindset yes. that says we want to, in our home, um, seeing the impact of, of how that will affect their entire life, we want to do our very best to give a healthy foundation yeah. in our home, in our family, so that there can be a generational missional yeah. mindset that goes for generations yes. from healthy family. It's not family that saves, but it's where they can be equipped and it's where they can um, learn uh, more about being like Christ, where each individual can come together. And I, I really think that's the heart of God. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, what I know as you're talking, honey, is that I have so appreciated, especially knowing how uh, much of an extrovert you are. You're an amazing people person. You love being with people. And I know, especially early on in our marriage, the idea of you actually giving your femininity, your amazing heart of mothering and and being a godly woman, to do that in the privacy of our family, yeah. I know was yeah. a very tremendous uh, sacrificial uh, step, in the, especially in the beginning stages. And as I've watched over the years, as you, as you have poured out your heart into our home, there has been a health that couldn't be there. And if you hadn't been willing to really uh, embrace the fabulous foolishness of family, you, mm. I know even our own family and friends and people would look at it and go, man, that's foolish for you guys to, to be giving the, the first fruits of your life to your family. And yet we know that it really is, this is God's plan. I mean, would, would it have been our plan? Would we have said, hey, what's the greatest way we could have a most fulfilling life, you know, for us Mm -hmm. to to stay home with a child for the first 18 years. And again, when you have 12 children, it's not just 18 years, it's probably like 80 (laughs) years. It's a long time. (laughs) Um, But we we recognize that as we begin to see them, as now our oldest is almost 26, and it's to understand that there's there's this fruit that begins to come in a child's heart as it grows up, if they've had that fabulousness sewn into it. And so again, it's not because Kimberly and I are good. It's because we have that chance to follow God's good plan for making disciples. And so Kim referred to the idea of deep and wide ministry. And again, that's what's really interesting about family is it's deep, whether you like it or not. You're going to, deep waters are going to be in your home yeah. uh, because that's where we all have our emotions, our heart formed. And so when we go into public, you know, you can have a, a wide experience. You know, you can look out and you can see a, a big lake and you can go, man, that's a really cool lake. You don't know if it's 100 feet deep or one inch deep. And I would say what we are very aware of. Uh, in the public context, as we've been in pastoral ministry especially, is that you can look across a, a big group of people and you can assume that there is deep ministry there, but you don't know until you get into their life. And a lot of times you're going to discover deep waters that were formed, and they weren't formed from being in that wide context. They were mm. formed because they 
came out of family. And so that's something every single one of us has in common. And the reality is we know we're, we're, we're speaking in a culture where the average family has been blown up. Mm-hmm. They're the heart of a, a father and a mother coming together and actually being committed to the Lord and then to one another. That in of itself is rare. And so for a child to, to get proper attention, and I would say that's what's interesting. It seems that if there's a um, a, uh, a place for a child to come in and, and get attention, Satan's going to come up with a way for him to get it in a negative way where he gets too much or too little. And we see that in the average family today, child has been crowned either king and queen and he runs the house or he really has no attention at all. Either way, Satan wins. And so to put him into a context where he actually receives biblical attention, he's loved in the context of a loving relationship with his Lord and he's loved in the context of having a mama and a daddy who love each other, then he receives an attention that is going to allow his heart to be discipled in this fabulous foolishness of family. Honey, as you think about our family, are there any uh, of the experiences that you would say come to mind? Well, um, yeah, definitely. I think going back to what you shared before, um, being an extrovert, was definitely pretty hard um, there for many years, and especially when you have a lot of little ones. And, um, you know, you're really to just even go out and about is quite quite a lot of effort with all of them. Um, So definitely there was years where it just, I really wondered, is all of this daily laundry and daily dishes and and daily diaper changes and all this stuff, is that really ministry is that really deep? I mean, they're they're fighting again. I'm exhausted. I've been up all night. Um, it sure seems to me that that ministry is out there. It's out um, out of my home. It's mm-hmm. out somewhere else mm-hmm. where I can actually maybe even be doing some really great um, uh, Bible studies or, or all all kinds of of really great things. Um, outside of the home and, and even maybe encouraging others, um, like I said before, that have been through really hard things mm-hmm. within their family. And what it really, you know, just kind of coming back to the word and just constantly even place chapters like Matthew um, 6, where it just talks about what's done in the private and how um, it's some of those things that really um, have an impact. Um, I think deep ministry and really the foolishness of the family is I have seen as we have three grown children now it really is a lot of little mini daily things how you handle each and every spilled milk and and how you how you train how you teach them oh mommy was worried about this and I gave it to God and here's how he he met and as I modeled that um, the family, the strength within the family, um, appealing to their heart um, mm-hmm. about um, God and the things that He's doing in our family, writing that on their yes. on their heart. You know, um, I I love how you talk about um, there from Deuteronomy six is it says to impress um, the things of the Lord on your children's heart and just knowing. Uh, you have the little saying um, that what we are impressed by is what our children would be impressed by. And so as I have sought to rein in my heart that's not naturally there, that naturally strays, but come bring it back to what are the, what is God doing in my life and model that 
the impact has been huge. We are beginning to see that really there's not a formula. It is not about a formula or, um, uh, like I said before, uh, there's nothing as a family, there's no salvation in family or something special about even our family. Um, it really is more about, um, that journey, um, that we talk about that, that place where, we're going to just keep going to these deep waters, keep dealing with this fight this day or this conflict or this mm-hmm. teach the children to obey and no authority in our home. Mm-hmm. And our prayer is really, as I shared before, that that would have a huge impact on our community and mm-hmm. our world as we ripple out, yeah. as we love on on those. And um, and the the impact of, of a strong family is is a worthwhile endeavor. Yeah, I know as we share this that we live in a culture today where it's really very different than the Deuteronomy 6 times where the average Hebrew family was spending time together each day already. You know, they were working in the fields together. Dad and mom were near the children. And I know on our journey so far, it has been a constant battle to see, okay, what is practically possible to especially, yes, engage mama's heart with the family. And we've had the privilege of being able to homeschool now for several years. And, and homeschooling allowed us to get her heart connected there. But homeschooling in and of itself is not going to naturally connect up the heart of the father. We still have to go off and, and take care of the family through a job. And, and a lot of times that sends us out into the world. So how do you get dad's heart to be able to be there and to be impressing God's word on his children. And I would say that's going to be a process, a journey for every single one of you to go on. I would encourage you is don't take your culture's word and say, man, I guess I have to always do it this way. There's only one way to do it. I've got to leave my family every day for 12 hours a day, come home, give them about 10 minutes before they go to bed. Yes, that might be where you are right now. And I'd say make those 10 minutes as effective as you can. But I believe that we've got to creatively and courageously figure out how do we get daddy's heart uh, connected back up. And I can tell you that in a, in a context where right now that's what we're on. Is, and a lot of times what that has resulted in is this daddy needing to resign from a job. You know, if I begin to see, you know what, the responsibilities of this job are too much. I need to uh, step back. And right now we are in that very season where I am stepping back from being the senior pastor of a, of a church. And it's really uh, not because there's anything bad about what's going on in the church. We see it as a very wonderful ministry. And yet we also know that God has given us a family ministry in our home here with our 12 children that we want to make sure we're being good stewards of. And so we're right now in the context of figuring out, okay, so how do we do this? How do you bring home the bacon? How do you take care of your family practically and yet not make dollars your focus, but make disciples. And that is where we're at. Mm. And so we're in this next program. We'll look at the, how do you do that practically? What's it look like to, to be a daddy who makes disciples, to be a mama who makes disciples in a world that says, no, make money, do whatever you can, but don't focus on disciples. And yet what we don't realize is we've, if we buy into that, we've already been discipled by our culture. And so we, we are just uh, so blessed that you would have the courage to go on this journey with us. We'll go ahead and, and wrap it up today, honey. Thanks for joining me today. Well, thank you.
And uh, we, uh, we pray you've been encouraged to, to go on that journey up as we discover that place where God's truth meets grace. We look forward to, to being with you, with you next time. Have a great day.